1: Dave Hawkins, and you've got the antidote. I always get into an artist who doesn't fit a particular mold. I've been following tonight's guest for a couple of years. They definitely stand out from the crowd with both their unusual band name and their unusual sound. Your first taste of Core was with our opening song, Drop Off, from their 2019 album, Mudman. I got in touch with the band's headman, Joshua Redding and we had a great talk about Mock Horse sound and their purpose. We'll get into that right after another one of the band's tunes. Enjoy Carry Me. Great to have Joshua Redding of MaCore here on The Antidote. Thanks for coming.
0: Oh, I'm glad to be able to do it. It's always great to be able to spend time with people who, you know, care about us enough to to talk to us.
1: (laughs) Okay, here's a key thing I've got to learn. Your band name MaCore has left me totally baffled. (laughs) So I'm sure that everybody else wants to know, does the name have a meaning? It
0: does. It's actually Hebrew, and uh, the Hebrew word that it is, it actually means wellspring, and wellspring means the originating source of all life, and so we were really drawn to that because um, at the point of looking for a new name, the former band that we had, uh, had everything had fallen apart. Um, I had made some choices where I needed to take some time away from music altogether and regroup and really find my, my place in the world again. And so we were looking for that source of hope. And so this word really sprang out at us. Who's the linguist? Who knows Hebrew? Jeff, the, uh, the guitarist in the band, he's actually an ordained minister. So he he uh, went to a Bible college before I was uh, in this world, and he actually uh, was a pastor for a while, but he 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 does Hebrew
1: and Greek, and he does all of his studies in those. You brought up about the previous version of the band. Maybe you should explain to us about Blushing Well. Is Mock a reinvention of the original band?
0: Uh, n- n- yes and no. We struggled to stay away from Blushing Well, because Blushing Well... Even though it was doing really well, it became a very progressive project, so it was a progressive rock project. We'd have songs that were were seven and ten minutes long, so really not, not much of our stuff could go on radio, which radio still supported it, and it was doing really well all over the world, but um, a couple pieces of the band, like uh, my middle brother we were actually almost all family in blushing well and the one middle brother got married and he just wanted to you know raise his family so he stepped down and then uh, the drummer that almost was like family he needed to do the same thing and so the band just didn't feel like blushing well anymore and so we pulled away from that and plus again like i said i was going through some stuff that i needed to really regroup in my life and So we kind of stay away from the Blushing
1: Well style because (laughs) it was hard to get to radio. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And this is always the issue with every artist because you want to be able to market yourself and having really long songs just knocks you out of certain spectrums of media.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we're not careful, we will easily fall back into it because we like to write based on emotion and and emotion sometimes is a 10 minute song
1: Makor's music is always relatable. That last song, I Need You, says, Pride wells up in this human soul, making me think I'm in control. Reality is, I'm losing ground. I think that could fit with most of us. Another song I wanted to hear about was My Pain, My Healing. Let's get into that with Joshua. This is something I was going to bring up, because I always want to give a band a label. That's hard to do with Ma Core. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, you've still got that bit of prog influence. Right. You're also alt rock and maybe even a bit of art rock. Right, right. But really you guys are the ones making the music. So how do you describe yourself?
0: <laughs> well, I think you've done a good job of it. We've always we've always just thrown ourselves purposely into the alternative art rock category because that gives us a, a blanket of protection. <laughs> Just to make it easy. Right, right. (laughs) And it sort of sounds cool when you don't just say we're hard rock, because we were told right away we weren't hard rock, even when we're blushing. Well, when we sent our stuff out to a couple local radio stations and the one radio personality actually ended up being our, our manager who actually did get us distributed all over the world. So that all worked out. But he flat out, he says, when you said you were hard rock, I was expecting, you know, something completely hard rock. He goes, but when you sent me your stuff, I knew right away
1: you were absolutely not hard rock. (laughs) I guess it's always difficult, isn't it? Just to say, yeah, I am definitively this. Right. Really, again, that's where you guys change around so much.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah. and
1: I missed one label, Electronica. (laughs) There is definitely a heavy influence. There's probably on our next bunch of songs, there's even more of that influence, so... Well, that style certainly makes a big difference on a song like My Pain, My Healing. Yeah. Where did the idea come from?
0: Well, the whole entire album came from what I was going through prior to that album. You know, I needed to go through some healing. And so all these songs were working through that. But My Pain, My Healing was sort of the realization that we don't get to escape the pain. And we still can heal from the pain while being, you know, while still having to have the pain. There's probably a lot of things, not just what I was going through, but I thought about like Jeff, the guitarist, a long time ago, he had gone through cancer. And, you know, he still, to this day, still has the leftover scars and the remains because back then it was a simple procedure that we would think not much of today. But back then they had to actually cut a really large incision from like below his chest all the way down to his waist to do what they needed to do wow so he he has the reminders of those scars and so in this life a lot of times people are like i want to forget the pain i want the pain to go away but but the pain is a reminder of the rescue i get that so that's kind of where that came from (laughs)
1: the songs we're going to be talking about tonight were released on your 2019 full-length mud man yes but it's actually a collection of songs from your previous eps so yes why didn't you guys just keep it simple and stay with the eps instead of going to the trouble of putting it out as an album
0: because uh, we're probably old school <laughs> 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 like it's so hard to pull ourselves into the modern thinking Even the bands who are technically a lot younger than us still seem to gravitate towards the artistic side of putting out a full album. There's something special about it. One song is fun, but when you can put out a whole collection all in one batch and give it a title and give it some artwork, it just feels complete. Like The EPs didn't feel complete. They didn't seem to tell the story the right way. And by putting a full album out, we are able to tell the story in the consecutive order that it was meant to
1: be told from beginning to end. Right. And as you were just speaking about, so many bands now, it's just single after single after single. Yeah, it's maddening. (laughs) How do you get yourself on the top list of releases for the year when you only have singles?
0: (laughs) (laughs) To me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I did see that the uh, growth in actual records is the highest it's ever been even when records were popular so that's kind of encouraging
1: records meaning in which way as in vinyl or as in full length in the vinyl like the vinyl world if you really want to be indie you got to get into cassettes <laughs> yes that's yes. the latest up and coming trend
0: it's a it's a trend that i don't want to be a part of <laughs> Because I don't, I mean, as much as I, I don't desire the pencil twirling, I mean, you can think about that, sticking the pencil in there and wounding
1: it all back up. That's crazy. <laughs> well, at least you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, I don't usually want to ask about a band's influences, but your style really makes me want to find out. Who's inspired Core.
0: Oh, I would say who hasn't. I mean, like, it's hard to say who hasn't, but... There's a very strong 70s influence there, but there's also that heavy 80s influence. And and that's, the 80s is probably because the keyboardist, lyricist, and vocalist, <laughs> who's all myself, that was my influence were the 80s, whereas the 70s, is the one guitarist, and then then you pull in a newer guitarist, and he's got the '90s influence. Which, even though he didn't grow up in the '90s, he still got the '90s influence because that's the music that he likes listening to. So, I think somebody described us as uh, Dave Grohl singing Iron Maiden songs or something like that. It was really weird the way they said or Metallica. It was Dave Grohl singing Metallica songs. I'm like, that's
1: different. <laughs> <laughs> But it does work. It actually it does. does flow together, and that's the surprising part about MaCor. <laughs>
0: that's and that's what a lot of people who who have worked with us on the recording side of it, when they hear the individual pieces, they're like, "I don't know about this," but when they hear the final mixes, they're like, "Well, it all worked." <laughs> <laughs> and they're as shocked as you are. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, this is Joshua Redding from the band MawCore, and you're listening to Dave on The Antidote, and he's about ready to rock your face off, so crank up the volume and rock it out.
1: Heard the title track from the Mudman release. I suppose we all realize that Christian artists run a fine line of wanting acceptance in the mainstream, but also keeping their music appealing to a Christian audience. That comes up in this part of our talk, along with the song Bottom Feed.
0: We're an oddity. We're always surprised when a Christian radio station will pick our stuff up, and that's where we have to be very careful. While we we used a Christian uh, producer to put out two of our singles, Mm -hmm. and uh, we feel they turned out rather well, unfortunately, our mainstream audience didn't accept them as willingly as we thought they would, because they had a Christian feel to them, which was weird to hear that. (laughs) That is weird to hear that. Well, they were talking more of the production, too, not lyrically. They were speaking more to the production. And and I see where they're coming from. There's like a local station to us that is a big hard rock radio station. And we brought in three bands a couple years ago. Uh, one of them was Nine Lashes. The other one was The Protest. And then, of course, we played along with it. Sure. And they were trying to pick out songs to use for the commercial. and. Even though Nine Lashes was the headliner and they were the bigger known Christian band, immediately this radio station says, that band, we cannot use them for our commercials because their sound is very Christian. Really? And I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, there's a Christian sound. He goes, I don't know how to explain
1: it to you. We just kind of know. (laughs) Well, I get a bit of that because I think the song you're talking about is Bottom Feed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's different from the rest of your sound.
0: Yeah, we we like it, but I think we're really excited about the next batch of songs because we're going to be working with Chris George. His wife is uh, the old drummer from Skillet. But yeah, I think her husband approaches that way. I think it came out really well.
1: Here's something else that separates MaCor from other Christian artists. Instead of showing yourselves as perfect people, the songs talk about your struggles. Is life difficult?
0: I think life is very difficult, uh, but I think that some people make it more difficult than what it is. I know that I personally make it more difficult than what it is, a lot more than I should. I worry about all the wrong things. In fact, I spend more time sometimes worrying. Than I do thinking about a solution to my worry. So I think that life is difficult, but I, I know that I make it more difficult than it should be.
1: Now, is part of that worrying age-related and also with you being a dad? <laughs> it definitely has. Being a dad has definitely
0: made that worry a whole different thing. You know, before you'd throw caution to the wind and just go with it. You know, you're like, oh. I'm probably going to fail miserably, but at least I'm the only one responsible for this. But now now when you think about failure, you're also taking a whole entire family down with you. So it definitely changes the game a
1: lot. I want to bring in the song Rest. The opening verse on that song says, Struggling wastefully to control my destiny. Running into reality, darkness is all I see. Now I've heard it said that we create our own destiny true or false?
0: I believe that's false. I mean, obviously my opinion, but I think it's been a false narrative since the Garden. I mean, when people talk about the Garden of Eden and and the deceit that happened there, I I think that man gets the confusion of our place in the world. Um, Biblically, there's a, a passage that talks about you're all little gods, and I think that we get to control certain parts of our lives, but I think that There is an already predestined element that when we try to run away from it, we do find misery more than we should. There's some people that believe in predestination, meaning that you have absolutely no choice in life. Um, Whereas, I guess I gravitate more towards that you get choice within your destiny.
1: You made choices. You opted out of prog rock. Right right exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but we keep trying to run
0: back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe our destiny is prog rock, we just have to find our way back to it. <laughs>
1: songs has left me wondering something is Mock wanting the listener to question where they're actually heading in their life or is it that you're trying to build people up
0: i think our main goal was to build people up but you have to question where you're going in order to understand if you can be built up <laughs> like like it's sort of like a, you know i'm in the mud i need to get clean but i refuse to get out of the mud so i'm just going to stay muddy
1: Hence the Mudman. Yeah, well, there's the Mudman. There seems to be that,
0: that, that trend there. <laughs> but the Mudman really had nothing to do about the getting clean as much as it was realizing
1: that needed to be completely reshaped and reformed. How is your memory, Joshua? Because I want to ask you about a song you wrote in 2013. Uh-oh. <laughs> not Your Machine talks about not changing your life, like you change a scene. You can't shut me down. I'm not your machine. Something important must have happened to you to bring out a statement like that.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a couple songs in that flow of story that that were awakening moments for me, where I finally, I guess, got out of my own way and realized that there was too much controlling me. I was allowing media to control me. I was allowing those people who who thought they had a better opinion than the creator of my life had of me. So I was listening to those voices instead of listening to the voice of the one who loved me the most and and allowing them to control me. And I realized that I was done. I was done letting them control me because it was doing nothing but destroy me as a person, and I, I watched that in other people's lives who had made similar mistakes and choices, um, while I'm responsible for my choices, they can't define how I recover, and they can't define my ultimate end definition of who God has already defined me as, and that's loved and a part of his family. So that, that was just like I'm like, you're done, you, you don't control me anymore.
2: And then
1: It's no easy thing to realize how much control media has in our lives. And it's cool that Joshua recognized that and kept his focus on Christ. Next time on The Antidote, we spend an hour with a band that's been in the Christian music scene for decades. Brian Olson, the frontman of Voda, joined The Antidote for a chat about the band's longevity and how they set out to explore God through the music of U2 Foo Fighters Tom Petty, David Bowie, and others. That's coming up next week. For tonight, we have more from Makor. We'll finish up with a chat about Makor's new single, Breath. Have a good one, and I'll see you next week. Well, I think our society's being reformed. I mean, 2020 has been a tough year for everybody. Yeah, if it hasn't been tough on somebody, then then they must have already had it pretty tough. (laughs) Okay, well, let's put that aside and go for a positive. What's been the greatest moment for Um, I
0: I guess it's each time a radio station or a listener or anybody just, you know, takes the time to respond and let us know something, you know, whether it was a song that affected them or whether it was the positive posts that we try to put up occasionally, just to know that people's lives are being impacted I think that's always the most special time we I think we get more uh, we're we're more blessed from those things than we are even being in front of just cheering people because sometimes the cheering people walk out of the concert and never say anything to you it's when the people actually spend time or say something to you just because you know you
1: you're serving your purpose you're playing out your purpose I think And that makes all the difference in the world. It does. Well, I guess there has been a great thing about 2020, and that's Mawcore has a new song. Can you tell us about Breath?
0: Breath? That is, uh, it was sort of like one of those songs already um, in the works partway through Mudman. And I didn't actually write the lyrics to this one. I just reformed them to fit the song. Their lyrics were actually penned by Jeff the guitarist as a poem. And it was a very long poem, where he was listening to, you know, his kids and his wife the one day, you know, just sitting around, and I think everybody was just quiet, and, and he just heard them all breathing. And he realized what a gift he had, being able still to hear the, the breathing of his family. Um, and then he thought, he thought more deeply about, you know, the times where he was frustrated when someone would sigh. And, you know, when, you know, that person goes, <sighs> you know, that, that frustrated sigh. But then he started to realize at least he was able to hear the sigh. And so, like, he, he just was writing this poem about the beauty of being able to hear breath, whether it's in frustration or sleeping or in peace. It's just knowing that you have the gift
1: of having life around you that you get to share with. The video that the band produced for that song, that's brutally emotional. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. Do you recommend people go see it?
0: I definitely recommend people go see it um, because it puts a different spin on even the lyrics. The the video sort of catches you off guard. You aren't really expecting
1: what's going to happen in that. So listeners are forewarned about that.
0: Yeah. We've gotten all kinds of different response, depending on the viewer. Most people have gasped because they weren't expecting it, which is what we wanted. We wanted that because the lyrics speak of a a story that the video plays within and plays with a lot. And ultimately, it does play off of that cherishing the the breath. But they have to watch the video
1: in order to see what that means. (laughs) The important thing is every band has got to make some money. So tell us, how do they find your music? The best way that we like people to find our music is directly on our website. It's, it's
0: Um While you can't stream it from Mawcore.com, you can purchase it from mockcore.com And it's, it's hard for people to understand because the next place they'll go looking is on Spotify and Spotify doesn't make bands any money. It just gives us traction and exposure, but it never makes us any money. So if they truly want to get the music and support what we're doing, it's on MockWord.com. If they also do Spotify, that's cool. If they want to use iTunes, that's cool. Uh, they can find us on those and probably a 100 other outlets, but I always like to send them to MockWord.com because there's merch there and there's music there. It's always cool when
1: people like the artwork enough to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Joshua, thanks so much for this talk about Mawcore and best of luck with the band. I definitely appreciate the time. Thank you very much.